Welcome. You are listening to Nard Bites, a Dungeons and Dragons show where we discuss various topics about D&D and all other TTRPGs. Enter at your risk, but beware, things may get Same. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking you to live with another episode. Uh, another Nard Bite. You know, I almost fell into the beckons of the Herald of Steel Loop right there, but I didn't. We're doing a Nard Bite and we're talking about ability scores. Um, yeah, anybody who's played any sort of RPG of note, ability scores are everywhere. It is everything. The system's usually built off of it. Your character's defined by it. Um, and so I suppose what we wanted to talk about tonight, first and foremost, is just the concept of which stat is the most important and which one is the least important. We're also going to talk about things like which stats we could get rid of, which uh, ability scores we could you know, add to the game and what that would have for an impact. So I guess from the top, uh, we should probably talk about which ability score we think is the god tier most important. Uh, Ryan, did you want to jump on that one? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, speaking specifically for 5th edition, because that's uh what I have the most, you know, knowledge about, I would say Constitution is probably the all-around best stat for almost every character class in the game. Uh, it just, you get a lot out of every point of that skill. Uh, increases your max HP retroactively, you get more HP per level... Uh, a lot of the saving throws early on and even later on are constitution base. Uh, for frontline characters, having a high con means you're going to be harder to kill and take down. For backline spellcasters, since concentration is such a big part of 5th edition, having a high con means that if you do get hit, you have a much higher chance of succeeding on your concentration saving throw. It's just um, there are several classes where their AC scales directly off of their constitution as well, which is extremely helpful. Or actually, no, just barbarians. Yeah, because uh, monks are dex and wisdom. Yeah, but yeah. So I, I, I really do feel like you almost can never go wrong having constitution be one of your highest stats on your character sheet. You know, I'm almost I'm I'm willing to agree with you that it's definitely a super important one, but I almost think it's important by default. And I, I hate to say it this way because it sounds awful, but I think it's the most powerful passive ability score, meaning that like constitution doesn't do anything for you. It just like constantly operates in a way that benefits you, whereas something like dexterity feels like that can very actively help you in every situation. You know what I mean? Like the hit right. points, like you never There's... have to roll. I don't think there is a single, it's the only skill that doesn't, or the only ability score that doesn't have a skill attached to it, correct? Yeah, Yeah. it, it, it is passive. Like, skills are the way characters interact with the world, so by making the choice to not have a single constitution based skill, they are saying it is the passive, or the most passive of 
every ability score. It has no representation in the way you interact with the world, only in how you react to it. Which I'm almost willing to, I hate to get philosophical on this, but I think the fact that it's a purely reactive ability score makes it a lesser ability score right out in the get-go. Then in a role-playing game where you're actually like actively doing stuff, having an ability score being the god tier one only because it helps fix your uh uh-ohs and your boo-boos feels like that's not a very powerful ability score. Now, I'm willing to argue that charisma, almost like completely the opposite of constitution for the, the sake of this argument, I feel like charisma is the most powerful one because if you can avoid uh, encounters just by being persuasive enough or deceptive enough through either, you know, convincing people not to fight you, convincing people to do things for you, convincing them to give things to you, like you completely circumvent the whole need for having those hit points. If you never get into combat encounters, like what the heck's the, you know what I mean? And your argument that I, I, you know, everybody could say at home, like, well, you can't talk to a gelatinous cube. So what happens when charisma make charisma pants decides to try to convince a gelatinous cube not to slurp them up? It's like, well, that's the thing. I hired hirelings strictly off of my charisma. I never had to fight that thing in the first place because I got a team of cronies to do it for me. So it's like, I think charisma is a game breaking one, but in the same way that like constitution requires, you know, it's reactionary. It's, you know, it it only reacts to the environment around it. I think charisma is so thoroughly based on like a DM player agreement and like contract that charisma at like a table, like an adventures league or something like that game could never have the power it could have at a homebrew game. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't go to like a, a convention game with my charisma at 23 and be like, actually, we're not having this campaign play this way because I convinced the king to give me the kingdom. Like you couldn't do that at one of those kinds of games, you know? Right. So I feel like it's also one of those like super potent yet inept ability scores where it's like it it's so powerful if you let it be so. Whereas I think the more traditional argument is that something like dexterity is a god skill or a god ability score because it's like, you know, it is an active one, which I suppose Anthony or or uh, Jared, uh, I don't know if either of you assume that dexterity is the most potent one. In past editions, I feel like dexterity is definitely 100% the god stat because of how universal it was. Uh, you know, everybody... Uh, benefited from having high dexterity because of you know how it contributed to saving throws, how it contributed to armor class, and how it contributed uh, to initiative uh, and everything. But because there are so in fifth edition, because there are so many fewer ways to interact with your armor class, you know that don't come directly from your class that you preclude other things and. The pr- and so dexterity used to be uh, the god stat, but not anymore. And I think that the problem, what stops me from agreeing with Dan completely that charisma is the god stat is because it's so person to person and game to game. It's, it's just simply not universal enough for that. And also, you know, being the face talky character is like a a role right it's something that somebody in the party does and almost certainly will do and you kind of don't want to have more than one of them because you know you don't want to be stepping on somebody else's role right 
like you know i you know you roll up with the bard you know all of a sudden you know somebody's playing a wizard uh who also invested a lot in charisma is going to try to come and step all over your toes no that doesn't make for good party synergy so that's yeah. why i think that constitution for fifth edition anyway uh has to become the god stat because it's got that universal aspect to it pretty much everybody benefits in the exact same ways from having a high constitution um and there's really no specific reason why you would ever want to have a low constitution score i will say though uh it's good to have a bunch of people with high charisma in your party if you are trying to instead of play fifth edition have a sitcom because that that's it baby just zingers and one-liners. Oh, but you see, that's where that whole every uh, yeah, the role of charisma is group to group. Uh, <laughs> again, if that's what you want to do, if you want to play me- your medieval version of Friends Companions, um, uh, it, it, then you want to have your whole party have twenty-five charisma. That by all means, you know, but that's not going to work. In there, damn, we should stat out Friends. We should stat out. Damn. <laughs> I mean, I feel like what if do we you, were going to do that... What do you think Joe, Joe's Dex is? That's fucking the, they they all have super high charisma, this. but, you know, average to low intelligence. Yeah, but I just... I feel like if we are going to do that, we'd have to do it with more cartoonish characters, like Always Sunny or something like that, where it's like... You know what I mean? Like, Charlie and Danny DeVito's character, Frank, there, they like their constitution <laughs> scores must be immense because of how much time they live in the sewer, eat cat food, huff, like, paint. Like, yeah. they have to be, like, indestructible. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, Dennis is all about his charisma, but he's actually not that charismatic. He's actually just got, like, a really scary... Like attitude and intelligence, you know what I mean. Picked up some skill synergies. Um. All right, Jared. What do you think? Do you got a god stat in mind? I. I mean, I'm gonna have to agree with Ryan on the the constitution, but the the decks. Another thing it does bring into play is the armor for a lot of classes with your uh, light and medium armor getting benefits from the deck score. But that's I, that's not making up for the HP loss if you don't go into con. That's so, true. So and pretty I do much, feel like pretty much any of my characters, the secondary stat will be con. Third, maybe dex. And you know, I think that in a system like fifth edition, which I know we've been under the pretense this is all about fifth and the gecko. Um, if you look at something like old school, for example, where hit points are usually slimmer. It's like, if you get hit, the chances of you dying are so much higher than an addition like this beyond like first and second level that I'm like, I agree that having more, you know, meat in your packaging, more constitution to like, just you can withstand more blows. I feel like in an older system with less hit points overall, having that dexterity is way more important because like if you get hit, it could bring you to half health right from there. You know what I mean? So I feel like I agree with you that based on the way combat works in fifth edition, where pretty much everybody gets hit every round, it's like, I don't know. I'm willing to secede that constitution is a universally important one, but I think just with my view on all of D&D games that I'm like, charisma has to be the big one but but like you okay. said charisma is very dependent on your dm as well so depending on yes, who you yes, have for a dm charisma might not do anything for you 
which just feels so lame like i would hate to play in a game where they're just like you can't do that like i mean i i don't know i'm not gonna go seduce the king and you know get his keys to his kingdom but like you know i can at least convince some people to do shit i don't know talk the guard Um, into unlocking the cage you know although uh speaking of uh combat too something i just thought of is another thing you know another hit that dexterity took uh between editions was the introduction of the concept of a spell attack so that all of a sudden your casters don't need to have a high dexterity to hit with ranged spell attacks anymore. That's true. In 3.5, for anybody who doesn't know about it, you did have to have a dexterity modifier for like shooting off like a firebolty kind of attack. You had to be able to aim it and hit them with it, which usually you're only hitting the touch AC, which that might be a term a lot of people don't know, but it's like touch AC is literally just base 10 plus your dexterity modifier and whatever might make it work because if you're just trying to touch them with your spell it doesn't matter if you can penetrate armor with the lightning you know what i mean as long as you can get it to hit their body so i'm like yeah i agree with you anthony that like you know it's that kind of granularity we lost that simplified certain ability scores and made other ones so much more powerful but it it spread out the love a little bit more uh right because as much as you know i love 3.5 and pathfinder one and there will always be like my home games you know, not having to worry about splitting, you know, your whatever allocations you have on your wizard across three different stats to make an effective character was very helpful. Yeah, but that's why like builds are such a thing that existed then too, was having smart ways to do it and ways to like, you know what I mean, troubleshoot it and make it easier. I don't know. That's a fair point. You know what I mean? Really different discussion. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, it kind of reminds me of how Klika operates by having such a poor charisma, yet none of the spells require spell saves. So it's like, it doesn't matter because Klika can just do things that augment herself rather than ever having to worry about like, you know, actually having to like nut up or shut up against an enemy. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's always going to be a safe bet. Whereas, you know, if you try to pull that off with spells that had saves, it's like, you know what I mean? So having an idea of your build and how you're going to play the character makes it a lot easier with having to allocate those sort of resources. So again, if I played an enchanter, I wouldn't really need to have that high dex with my wizard because it's like, well, I don't, I never had to aim a touch attack. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. But either way, okay. So I guess next, uh, just for the sake of time, we should probably shoot off which one we think is the dump stat. And I feel like we probably might all agree on what the dump stat is. For 5th edition, at least, is probably intelligence, where it's like it really only benefits one particular group. And it's like, even then, you can yeah, click your way out of it. They tried to counterbalance it by making so many skills tied to intelligence. But like... You can still just take proficiency in those, and you'll be pretty okay with it. And none of them are like, I don't know. If the entire campaign hinges on an investigation check, and everyone dumped intelligence, and one dude has a plus two in it because he took proficiency, and you roll a seven... That's like, what's your DM going to do? End the fucking campaign? Like, that's on him now. I mean, like the thing about the proficiency system, too, is, you know, it kind of like holds you back from taking skill from, you know, taking proficiency in, you know, the things that you have low stats in, you know, it's it's not like it's a separate system, right? You know, it's tied to your class and it's tied to like your background in fifth edition as opposed to 
being, yes, somewhat a function of your class in previous editions of D&D, but also, you know, mostly a function of how much in did you decide to put into your character. Yeah, and I hate sounding like a broken record and going back to 3.5, but the ability to do those cross-class skills, as they call them, where you just, you got a certain number of skill points per level and it costed twice as much to invest into other skills that were outside of your class. But having those cross-class skills was something that helped elevate a, you know, a character from be- just being a fighter with the normal fighter stats. If you invested enough intelligence, it paid off in the end because you could take like crafting skills or profession or profession skills or even dabble in things like sleight of hand or move silently. And all of a sudden your fighter functions dually as like a thief. So it, I don't know. I agree that the proficiency system really penalizes players and keeps them from like experimenting and building really interesting kind of gishy kind of builds. Um, I mean, the the main thing that I was trying to get at with that is that the proficiency system downplays certain stats a lot more than they could have been used if the system had been designed a little bit differently. Fair. Which, you know, I hate to say it this way, but like you really can't blame fifth edition for the way it's constructed at this point. Cause like they, they built it the way they did. I mean, and to yeah, say that they could have done anything no differently. Something like, as fundamental as the way that you two skill proficiency is once the first books came out. Like I'm not saying that it could be changed, but just making an observation. No, of course. Um, okay. I mean, were there other dump stats that we didn't mention? You know, what? I'm going to say you- wisdom actually as uh, the primary dump stat for a lot oh, of I, I, I would have said strength too for pretty so much any other one yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah, let's do intelligence one then strength then probably wisdom hmm. yeah i mean you know, like, per- like personally i don't usually dump wisdom you know, just because I don't usually want to play that sort of character. But, you know, when, it, when you just look at, uh, you know, the numbers, the things that it affects, uh, how important it is to, you know, b- building most types of characters, wisdom just seems that it doesn't have a hu- as huge of an impact uh, on things as other stats do. See, I, I feel like uh, perception and insight checks are huge. Like, I feel like you make both of those checks pretty often, and I yeah. like doing okay-ish at both. So I generally like don't like to drop my wisdom under 10 unless, like, I absolutely need to because I, I like to have a not-negative modifier to my peep and die. There's nothing quite like getting a zero on a perception check. It'd be like, man, I this sucks. Yeah, mo- well, cause if- most, oh, most games I've played the the dms have us do survival checks when traveling or anything like that and if you do bad at that then you end up either lost taking more time or you encounter something bad it's like so it's always come up for me so i guess it it depends a lot on your dm at that point too yeah it just feels like something that's so easily covered by other characters in the party that it's you know not something you need to worry about uh dumping for yourself so before we put a ribbon on this, I think we should move into the uh, the next big topic, which is if we had to get rid of a stat, which which of the ability scores would you get rid of? Now, I think 
that if I was going to get rid of one of them, I would like to at least lump two things together. Because I think that too often we have the issue where, like, I don't know, there's not enough of a difference between two stats. Like, if you took strength and constitution and made them one entity, I think that that would make enough sense for me. Because I'm like, I feel like it's hard to imagine a character who's super strong that also has terrible constitution. And I feel like characters being incredibly hardy, it makes sense that they would have certain levels of strength to them. You know what I mean? Like being that, I don't know. It just, I guess it makes more sense from the strength to constitution rather than constitution to strength. But if I did get rid of one of them, I think that I would probably get rid of strength and just lump it in with constitution and make one ugly stat that's just body fit. or stamina or something. Uh, like yeah, I, I would call it fitness. I wouldn't call it body because you could still be dexterous in that sense, but yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would actually go the opposite way and uh, you're probably going to hate me for this because of the gods that discussion, but I would cut charisma and replace it with two separate stats. We're getting rid of one. We're not adding two. That's the next question. But yeah, I mean, so that is, you know, part two. Uh, of this discussion so i say cut charisma so that it can be replaced with something else hey if, no, if you're I was... allowed to say like oh i roll two stats into one uh, then i then i'm allowed to say i cut one to add two fine fine enough i was gonna agree with you on that though i was gonna mention when adding a new stat into the game that charisma is kind of a weird stat because in the game with role playing it is weird that like charisma and your ability to like formulate like an argument or or something like that. It's the whole like if I'm an intelligent character, do I have to behave intelligently, or is my character too intelligent for me as a player? You know what I mean. Whereas with charisma, I'm like, I kind of appreciate how in certain systems, kind of like old school, it's like you can't roll to sense a deception, and you can't really roll to create one. There is you know homebrew ways that you do that, but it's like. I love the sense that the role-playing has to come from clever characters. And I feel like too often with 5th edition, as an example, there's so little player input into the game from like a clever standpoint that like, again, apart from illusions and, and stuff like that, like it's hard to see how like crafting the perfect lie is in any way made easier. I don't know. Like the role is all that matters. You could say like the most dumb shit ever. And as long as you roll high enough, who's going to sniff at that? Who's going to say anything? But in old school, if you try to put up an argument for, you know, why somebody should believe you and it's a dog shit argument, you just, it's not going to work. And so sometimes I think to myself that charisma really is kind of a weird stat in that regard that it's like, why do we even have to put a stat to my ability to lie if I could just roll for it? Like I could just say, I lie and then just roll for it. And I never actually have to create the lie at all. So it's like, for me personally, I think that that's one of those stats that I think if the system handled player input better, we wouldn't need charisma in that sense, you know? But yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're going to, if you're just going to focus on role play 100%, then yeah, I feel like my caveat that cut one for two doesn't matter and you can just drop charisma. You're the only issue yeah. being that it's traditionally a casting stat, but like... No, I agree with you. Whatever, you can have bards cast based on wisdom or something. You know, <laughs> like all the way back in old school. All right, Jared, what about you? Who are you cutting? I'd cut con, constitution. 
Get out of here. Gotta get rid of that god tier. I, like you said, it's it is as far as skills go, a passive kind of ability to pick up, and it's like, so why force people to take something that's just for passive? Give give characters no. their max HP or just the middle ground. Yeah, or, or do you like, just have the role and then, like, uh, other and systems then, where it's a derived stat from your other active stats. Yeah, and then yeah. add in because that's one of the benefits it brings in, and then add a stat like luck for your con saving throws, but have it affect other parts of the gameplay as well, such as like, hey, I walk in here. Does this place have a bag of holding? It's like luck check, see if it has one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess this brings us to the to the next topic, and that is what you would add. And well, hold on, I didn't like... get to say why I want to cut dexterity. <laughs> yeah, you, you skipped right. <laughs> I didn't know you were trying to cut dexterity. I thought you were saying you were doing the strength con thing too. No, no, I'm just tired of people making fucking stealth checks. I'm sick of it. We're done. There's no more stealthing in D and D. Rogues, I'm coming for you next. You better fucking find a new job. That's it. Okay, well, I'm glad we took that detour back to to rant land. Um, <laughs> these um, fucking people on their fucking stealth checks. All right, well, I'll tell you what, uh, Ryan. Why don't you tell us what you would add to the game? Do you have a stat in mind that you would add? I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot, all, a couple of us are gonna say luck. So I I won't take that. So you're gonna have yeah. to come back to me while I come up with something else. Oh, I was super not gonna go with luck, actually. I I took his yeah. answer. I said luck first. Got yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I mean, so you know, building on what I said before, you cut charisma, but I would replace it with two separate stats: uh, one for appearance and one for like, I don't know what you would call it, eruditeness or forcefulness or something. You know, separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the like the physical aspect of charisma, you know, where you're playing a very attractive character, have that be governed 100% by appearance. Um, and then, yeah. you know, the more like, you know, the whole force of personality aspect of charisma, have that be its own separate stat. Yeah, I've heard people refer to it as either spirit essence or willpower, but I know what you're talking about. And I agree with you because... I feel like no other stat really gets that weird duality of expression in a character where it's like you're attractive and you have a great ability to talk to people. Like wisdom doesn't really like, usually it's, I don't know. Like I, I mean, I guess wisdom does come off as like, oh, they behave in a wise way, but they're yeah, also yeah, very good at sensing things. Weird because like, it's like, yeah, like wisdom is weird too, but at least wisdom is specific, right? Yeah. Where wisdom is like worldliness and self-awareness. But even then, that feels like you could split that one in half. I don't know how, especially because it's like, oh, wisdom comes with age. Like, have you ever had a conversation with somebody who's 100 years old? Well, me neither. But like, I I, I feel like close. I feel like they don't have the acuteness of hearing to be able to pick up on things. I feel like they're not the most, uh, I don't know, adept with perception. And I don't know why the word wisdom, which is commonly attributed to like, you know what I mean? People who have lived and had a lot of experiences. Why are they the I ones mean, that can see shit better yeah, than everybody yeah, else on the snap? Yeah, wisdom is a weird choice. Maybe rename wisdom. But I do appreciate what? the fact what it covers, I think, can definitely be one stat. It's just maybe kind of a misnomer. But charisma definitely doesn't cover 
the same thing. It's like you know, being attractive is not the same as being persuasive and having a strong force of personality. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to think about what one could add to the game. I mean, I think the physical stats are all so well handled that I really couldn't add anything else to that. I know in GURPS, if I'm not mistaken, they had a secondary stat for dexterity that was specifically based on nimbleness. So it was like agility and speed were like differentiated. I know the Elder Scrolls also had that. Um, And so like that one's kind of a fun one to break apart to say that there is a difference between like your finesse versus your actual like alacricity or whatever. Um, But I don't feel like I would ever have a need to have a speed and agility differentiation. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, but, not unless like m- like the act of movement is super important to the game that you're playing. Right. In which case, that feels like that could be a secondary stat. But I don't know. I mean, I guess if I was to add one, things like honor do feel kind of interesting. Or having like social presence as like a, an ability score, where it's like if your character is, I don't know. And it's weird to think about rolling a stat to get this, but like the idea that you would have the ability to like have a high number and so your social regard is really good so like you walk into any establishment and people respect you based on your stature or your social presence like your your cast i guess could be a, another good word for that or like you know what i mean being a noble having a high uh, yeah, ranking I, I, like that. i've read systems that make that actually makes that kind of thing a skill like uh, like it's separate on the skill but that's why i'm like if i'm trying to get abstract with it and think what you could add to like really make a difference in the game I know 5th edition in the back of the Dungeon Master's Guide, they mention honor, and that's kind of an interesting thing to tag into a game, but I find it hard to, like, I don't know. It just feels so much like a thing that demands backstory at that point. Like, you could never walk into a game with a character with a high honor without having a reason for it, or a low honor without having a reason for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I yeah. So I guess it makes it difficult. Because the other like ones... It's modified by gameplay more so than you know you roll three and that's your honor for the rest of the game yeah but that's how i feel about luck where it's like i don't know it's like the luck's such a weird one too and i get why people do it but i feel like more often than not luck never gets used when people have it in the game like if you have a luck stat it literally never comes up because usually people are like oh i'll just use one of the other relevant ability scores and the only time luck would ever come up would be like I don't know, for doling out loot or something like that, or like a weird chance where it's like, I have no idea what I would roll. So let's roll for luck instead. But at that point, I feel like a DM is really just going to roll a D20 and add, like, see what it what they get. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than have to consult your ability the score. D20 roll, not in your statistics. To me, luck is the sexiest stat, but that's just me. Luck is a newbie trap. Everybody knows that. No way, dude. Especially if they spell it L U K. <laughs> for the three-letter abbreviation you can't get better than that so i mean jared do you have a reason why you'd want the luck score uh yeah as i said i would because if, if this score i'm getting rid of is con you need something to replace the um uh constant concentration tracks and stuff for spellcasters and all that and that would just fall to luck of you holding on to your concentration and then you can then use it for other aspects so it's no longer just a passive skill i mean i know a guy who moves concentration tracks off of con and onto your your character's casting stat 
right? So you know, the wizard that I play in his game, when he needs to make concentration checks, he does so by making intelligence saving throws instead of a constitution check. I mean, it makes sense. It checks out. But then it gets to the problem where you have like those power ga- gamers that just have plus five in their ability score they need for that class. And then everything yeah, else. Yeah, is it also of... helps that that game doesn't use the D20 system and is also based on a Pathfinder adventure. So numbers have to be a little bit higher. Ah, okay. So well, that's, uh, that's a whole separate thing. But I thought that that, that was an interesting idea. Okay. Well, I think we've kind of run the topic dry on this one, right? You Do we have any final? Again. Yeah, you skipped right. No, you said luck, L-U-K, I, the sexy one. I just was commenting on what you guys were fucking saying, Dan. <laughs> I'm allowed to do that. Listen, you also said you had to come up with one, and you yeah. never, like, chimed back in. I figured because we were talking I was about sexy for... L-U-K. No, I was waiting for it to get back to me. Oh, my Lord. Okay, what is it? I don't have one. <laughs> no, I would say either something like I guess will, but maybe not in the sense that uh people who played previous editions are thinking of, but just like I don't know, the the ability to convince yourself that what you're doing is still worth doing even when everything's going to shit is something I think <laughs> should be brought into D&D more often. <laughs> because make, some of them... Like, make morale a stat? Yeah, yeah. essentially. <laughs> like, it's just the ability to, like, be like, oh, man. My character, like, roll for ennui. You just made all that money and you have no idea what to do with it. Why are you even fucking here, dude? You made so much money last adventure and that dragon just ate your best friend. What the fuck are you doing, man? I I want that to be a stat. I've heard of entire parties who have failed their real life uh, morale check where they checked out of the adventure to go be bards instead because they made more money. I do think that in a weird way, you could almost argue that could be an honor role, you know, and then right. it could be I, a character's I, it, honor. It, it to could like... almost be like uh, <laughs> heroics could be a stat hero, like where the less heroic your character is naturally, the more prone they are to just being like, look, guys, like we did what we said we were going to do earlier we like we're good now right like we don't have to listen to the old guy in the tower anymore we're like i i i don't need this i don't need this <laughs> they just leave well yeah i mean i still think that tracks well onto an honor stat but i you know bravery could be another interesting one to put it onto but i, I know what you're saying but um brought an honorable mention to education as a stat separate from intelligence but you know that depends on your system i'm almost willing to argue that it could be broken up into like like scholastic or scholarly or something like that education like you said and just wisdom because i feel like the other side of intelligence is just wisdom so rename wisdom to something else and then turn intelligence into education and wisdom you know what i mean just do that and then we're all set It'll confuse the fucking pants off of everybody who ever tries to touch a system like this because they're like, yeah, wisdom. They're like, yeah, but no, not wisdom, wisdom, intelligence, wisdom. Like, well, what's intelligence, education and wisdom? Like, then, well, how? you know what I mean? I what can did, see how that could be a problem, like, but. Scholastic, 
practical and worldliness for those where worldliness would be what wisdom used to be and scholastic and practical would be two types of knowledge, which would be intelligence. So you have someone who has practical knowledge. You have someone who has scholastic knowledge, both fault are technically knowledges, but and then you have worldliness, which is just your general understanding of how the world works and the systems within it. I mean, how they interact, that, you know, get, get about that granular, like in cyberpunk, intelligence education and technical knowledge are three separate skill are three separate static stats uh that are right there at the top of your character sheet you know for a second when we were talking about that it, it um oh shit i just lost my train of thought man look at that um i was gonna say the the having the three different types of intelligence there it almost felt like you're just generating like an rpg that is strictly wizards and all the wizards can format and play in different ways, but like there's different types of intelligences and essence and spirit and willpower that come into how you cast. I feel like that could actually be kind of a cool system where it's like different of schools dark- of I think magic. There's a world of darkness game that works like that. But then sometimes your wizards can just get depressed and leave. <laughs> He's not a very honorable <laughs> wizard. But this sounds like a really depressing grim dark game. I don't know if I want to play. <laughs> I'll be honest. That's not that's not where I'm at. But, okay, I mean, unless we have any final thoughts, I'm good to go on this one. I think I'm all set, too. Okay. Told well, you, Rogues, I'm coming for you. Don't forget it. No more self-sex say, 2023. For fuck's sake. Okay, well, apart from Rogues having someone coming their way, be sure to check out Legends from the Fireside, the other podcast that I'm running. Uh, just give it a listen. That That's all. I don't even say what it's about. That's it. Go, go look it up to find out. If, yeah. if you want to know, you have to give us a listen. Yeah, Anthony's in it for like seven seconds in one episode. It's pretty intense. I'm launching my voice acting career. I'm sick of what I'm doing. Your whole portfolio is just one kilobyte of data. <laughs> like, I don't think you'll be impressed. All right, goodbye. Hey, everyone. I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter, or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons.